0: Father, we love you, and we are so thankful for all the gifts that you have given us. Bless Christian as he brings the word, guide, and direct him. Father, may our ears be open to hear and our hearts open to receive your word this morning. And may everything that we do be for you and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good morning. How are we feeling this morning? Wasn't worship good? Wasn't that really good? Um, You guys got a cool drummer. I like him. Um, was Was that too much? Sorry. Cool. So anyway, this week, uh, the Panthers are on a bye, so that means I get to preach as long as I want today. So strap in. It's going to be a good morning. Um, How many people here, like, do you watch, like, TV a lot? Like, a lot of TV? Um, Has anybody seen, like, previews or the show called The Masked Singer, where they, like, dress up in, like, super outlandish costumes? Um, it's celebrities who dress up in these costumes. People like um, I don't know if you've heard of Tyler Ninja Blevins. Anybody heard of him? Some of our young guys over here might know <laughs> who Ninja is. Um, Tori Spelling, uh, Terry Bradshaw, Antonio Brown. Some of these like celebrities they dress up in these crazy, outlandish costumes and sing. And the judges actually have to figure out who it is. And so the whole purpose is for the judges not to know identity of who's behind the mask. Um, And so it's pretty popular. A lot of people have watched it. Um, So with that being said, um, if you like message titles, um, this one is called The Masked Giver. The Masked Giver. Um, And so for several weeks, we've been talking about, um, well, this, The Kingdom Comes, Um, talking about following Christ's first followers. Um, It's been pretty I've been pretty enjoying it uh, this past couple weeks and just seeing different things uh, out of Acts. And today, we're actually going to talk about a couple, um, a married couple, who we can actually learn from their mistakes. Um, So um, we're going to be talking about Ananias and Sapphira, uh, which is a tough, tough scripture to, (laughs) thanks, Pastor Billy, um, to to preach about. But we're going to we're going to jump right in. So if you want to turn with me. Uh, To Acts chapter 5, we're going to read verses 1 through 11. And once you're there, Acts chapter 5, 1 through 11. If you're there, say, here we go. All right, cool. Starting in verse 1. Now, a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit, and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Verse four Didn't it belong to you before it was sold, and after it was sold? Wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. A great and great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Then some young men came forward, wrapped up his body, and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, tell me this, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? So as I was kind of reading this passage and uh, getting ready for this message, there were two or three things that kind of initially just jumped right off the page at me. Uh, The first being that God seems pretty serious about his church and his people. He seems pretty serious about uh, protecting them and and watching over them and and, um, them serving him with their full hearts. Uh, And we actually see later in chapter 9, Jesus kind of, he ties himself and much of his identity to the church. Um, in verse 4, when we see uh, the conversion of Saul to Paul on the road to Damascus, he, in verse 4, just says, Falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord, he said, which is kind of a funny question, but you answered your own question, dude. Um, Who are you, Lord? He said, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. And so we know that Saul wasn't physically persecuting Jesus, he was killing Christians and trying to destroy the church. But God said, Why are you persecuting me? So we can see that God takes his church and his people pretty serious. Um, Next, I kind of noticed that there took a lot of boldness on Peter's part to call out. Ananias and Sapphira, that took some guts. Um, there was a, a discernment, a Holy Spirit discernment on Peter as he was calling them out, as he was, he was guiding and directing their boldness, and, and what's so crazy is that we, as we've been going through Acts, and even the, the scripture that we're supposed to be memorizing, Acts 1 uh, verse 8, that same Holy Spirit that Peter was walking out in is inside of us, too. And it says in that verse, Acts eight, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you. And you will be witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. So That same Holy Spirit that, that was inside Peter, calling out Ananias and Sapphira, protecting the, he was protecting the church boldness, discernment, is also inside of us as well. Um, I want to jump in a little bit deeper in this passage. And the first thing I want to notice is that... I feel like we need to really appreciate the leaders that God has placed over us. Um, oftentimes, I think the role that Peter played in this passage is overlooked. I think we talk about Ananias and Sapphira, and we talk about their lying, and that's great, and we're going to talk about more of that in a little bit. But I think we, we tend to look past Peter just a little bit. Um, Peter was walking out in an anointing and discernment. He was walking out in actually a pastoral boldness. He was walking out and, and being a pastor and, and calling them out. And it, was, it never brought attention to himself. He always pointed back to God and, and, and everything that he did. And, and so I think we need to take time to thank and appreciate the pastors in our lives. Especially with it being Pastor Appreciation Month, um, we have to go out of our way to appreciate and love our pastors. And, and being a pastor is, is, is a calling from God. is to lead people. In um, a capacity and a calling and a direction from God, and it's not easy. I grew up a pastor's kid, so I've seen firsthand how tough it is. Pastors see things in one week that we probably wouldn't want to see in our whole life. And so I think it's important for us to go out of our way. And there's actually a verse in Hebrews, Hebrews 13, 7, it says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. So, they can be, so that they can do this with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. So it's our job to make it easy for them, to thank them, to appreciate them, to love on them. And recently, back in September, uh, there was a pastor in California, and he took his own life. He committed suicide in September. And it was a pastor that me and my sisters have been following for a while, actually. Um, I actually had reached out to him uh, to pray for one of our students here. And he replied back to me saying he was praying. And so I've been following him. He was a great communicator, a great speaker, and he loved Jesus. But he struggled with depression and anxiety and suicidal tendencies. And I'm not saying that he wasn't appreciated. But What if there was one more person who did? What if that one more person appreciated him one more time? And so I think it's important for us to, to, as a congregation, to wrap our arms around our pastors and our leaders and to appreciate them and to love them. And then we got we to take off the mask. Ananias and Sapphira were hiding behind something they thought they could get away with. Uh, they knew full well what they were doing. Um, it says they had complete knowledge of what was happening and what they were doing, and they were trying to hide behind something, and I feel like sometimes in our own lives, we, we hide behind things that um, make us look good, we put on a smile, we're struggling with, with hurt, we're struggling with um, deep wounds and, and pain, or, or maybe we're struggling with anxiety or depression or, or whatever, and we put on this mask, and we, we, we smile, and we try to just hunky-dory, right? And I think it's time that, that we take that off. Ananias and Sapphira were hiding behind something they could get away with. I remember when I came back from Texas. Uh, I lived in Texas for about two years. Uh, if you know the story about Texas, you kind of know that it did not end well, very well for me there. And there was a lot of hurt, there was a lot of pain. And I came back and I immediately jumped into uh, getting plugged into a church. And I was helping with their middle school program, it was great. And I just jumped right in and had a big old smile on my face and I was ready to go and I was motivated. And I remember one time um, the middle school pastor who was my mentor at the time, we were sitting in his car and he goes, he goes, Christian, how are you doing, man? I was like, I'm doing great. Man, it is just a wonderful day and it is just beautiful out here and I just love everything. He was like, okay, I don't believe you. <laughs> He was like, "How are you doing?" And I remember breaking down, just bawling my eyes out in his car, saying, "I'm hurting, I'm broken. Um, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's, what's, what's happening and, and we talked through it and we prayed, and it was such a relief. It was such a, a, a weight off my shoulders to be real and honest with somebody and say, "Dude, I don't know what's going on, man. I'm hurting." This, is, this has not been fun this past couple weeks, past couple months. And, and one thing that I've kind of noticed and through, through the years or just being in ministry and talking to people is people can't help you if you're faking them out. People can't help you if you're, if, if you're faking them out and you're, and you're projecting something that's different than what's going on in your heart. And and because of Ananias and Sapphira's lying, we know that their heart wasn't in the right place. So many times in Scripture, we see God looking at the heart of the person. In Proverbs 16, 2, it says, All a man's ways seem right to him, but the Lord evaluates the motives. Or 1 Samuel 16, 7, at the end of it, he says, Man does not see what the Lord sees, for man sees what is visible. What the Lord sees is the heart. And even in Luke, we we see Jesus talking about out of the mouth, the heart speaks. Whatever is in our heart is going to come out of our mouth. And I I wonder, what, what was in Ananias and Sapphira's heart? I mean, Paul said that, you know, asked why is Satan so filled your heart, so I guess that's a good answer. But what else was there was it greed we look back at at the end of chapter four and we see that um, Barnabas did the same thing as that same thing as them he sold the property he sold his property but he gave all of it and people noticed it and, and and stuff like that so I wonder if there was greed in their heart that they wanted that attention was there doubt was there selfish desires they wanted something out of it. Why did they feel the need to lie? Um, was it fear? Doubt? I mean, was it, was it not trusting enough? And so we all lie. We've all lied at least once. And so this week, I, I want you to spend time with God, and I, and I want you to ask the Lord to reveal what was in your heart in that moment? Maybe it was recently. Maybe it was years ago. I don't know. But seek and, and ask God to, to, to show you what was in your heart and give it a name. Give it, give it selfishness if, it, if you were being selfish. Notice what's in your heart because that's what is going to come out. And I, I don't know every reason why Ananias and Sapphira lied. It doesn't say. Um, but I do know at least... At least one. And I believe it's because they weren't all in on what God was doing. We've been reading through Acts and we're seeing God grow the church. And, and boldness is coming through Peter and John. And and the church is growing. So I, it seemed like they weren't really all connected. They weren't really all in on what God was doing. And, and I really don't know about you, but I really want to be all in on what God is doing. I want to be all in on what he's doing in this church, in each other's lives, in my life, in your life, in our family's life, what he's doing in Charlotte, what he's doing in the surrounding churches. I want to be all in on what God is doing in general. And we've been talking about that, Pastor Billy and Pastor Matt have been talking about building this kingdom culture. I want to be all in on what God is doing. And, And even Peter, he was actually, from what we can tell, in the scripture, he was actually cool with them not giving all the money. Uh, in verse four, it says, "Didn't belong to you before? Didn't it, it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied, just to human beings, but to God." So Peter is saying, "Dude, it was yours before you even brought it here." It was at your disposal. The money was at your disposal. You could have done whatever you want with it, but you gave some of it, but lied about giving all of it. Does that make sense? And so, they weren't committed. It shows they weren't committed, they weren't all in, and they weren't fully trusting of what God was doing and moving in the early church. And so, my prayer is that we would be all in. That we would be honest, and we'd be open, and the mask would come off, and that we would be all in on what God is doing. Because I, I don't want to miss it. I don't want you to miss it. I don't want this church to miss it. Because I think, I think we're right on the verge. We're right on the edge of something really, ha- really big happening in this city and in this church. And I want us to see it. And, and so I encourage you um, in that. Next, I don't, it, it ain't all about the money, actually. It ain't, it ain't all about the money. Uh, this deceit in chapter 5 occurs in the realm of money, but what if it occurred in the realm of work? What if they had falsely pretended to serve their masters as though they were serving God, Colossians three twenty-two through 24? Or what if they ignored Jesus' outline for resolving conflict in Matthew 18? What if they had showed favoritism that Paul in Colossians 3 and James in James 2 warned about? Would deceiving the Christian community about such things have caused a similarly unacceptable threat to the community? Uh, Luke doesn't report any such cases and acts, but yet that same principle applies. Genuinely belonging to the Christian community carries with it a fundamental change in our orientation. We now act in all ways, including work, to love our neighbors as ourselves, not to increase our social status, wealth, and power. And so we can see through here the guidelines and the direction and the guidance that the Holy Spirit wants us to go on when we deal with each other when we deal with the church, when we deal with other human beings, because it's not easy sometimes, but there's guidance and there's direction, and the Holy Spirit downloads that to us. And what's what's so cool about the first part of chapter 5 right here, 1 through 11, and, and this really this really hit me hard is that there was still a chance for repentance there was still a chance for them to be right with God and by them I mean just Sapphira God wants us to be right with him God knew that what was happening and yet he still gave Sapphira a second chance tell me Peter asked her Did you sell the field for this price? He was giving her an out. He was giving her an opportunity to answer honestly. There was still a second chance there for redemption, for forgiveness, for grace. And she still chose a different route. God wants us to be right with him. We've talked about this before. I've talked about how God wants us, and we need him. And even, even recently, Pastor Billy has been talking about how Jesus didn't come to get us to heaven, but he came to get us to God. And that blew my mind the very first time I heard it. I was like, what, well, say it again? What? Um, and I've been dwelling on that, thinking about that, and how crazy that is, that God wants us. That God wants you. We need him. But God wants us. God wanted Sapphira to be right with him. There was a chance for her to come clean. And we get second chances all the time, right? The God we serve is still a good God. He's still a sovereign father. And I know this from my own personal life, looking back on on my life, and I've seen things that, that God has done in me and the second chances I've gotten. We get second chances all the time. I mean, we talked, we sang about it this morning. The goodness of God is 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 running after us. It's running after us constantly. He's never stopped. He's never given up. When we've messed up and, and we've 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 gone we've gone off the beaten path and 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 he's never stopped pursuing us. He's never stopped chasing us, running after us. And I think that's pretty powerful because because there's some of us in here tonight, or not tonight. This morning who who are struggling with that who are struggling with I've messed up I've made mistakes I've made poor decisions and there's not a second chance well there is a second chance there is a second chance and, and that second chance can happen today God God is giving us a second chance every day and today could be that day and so I want you to be encouraged I want you to be encouraged, and, and I want you to take heart. Um, in John sixteen thirty three, he says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world, but be courageous. I love that word. I love the word courageous. I love the word boldness. I have conquered the world. Jesus didn't promise an easy life, but he did promise that he conquered all of it. And that's something to have to hold on to, to have an anchor in. That he has conquered sin and death and the grave, and he gives us those second chances. And so this morning, my challenge to you, my challenge to you, there's two challenges. My challenge is... Don't leave here without grabbing another chance. Don't, don't leave here out these doors missing a, another chance. We're going to have people over here in the annex in a little bit for prayer. And I encourage you, if, if you're in that spot, you're in that spot and you're struggling, and you're in that spot of running and you don't know what to do, there's going to be people over here that love you, that appreciate you, that want to pray with you, so when, when that time comes and later in the service and they're lining up, don't walk. <laughs> Run. Run to that chance. Run to that second chance. Maybe it's your fourth chance. Maybe if it's your tenth chance or thirty-fifth chance. I don't care what chance you're on. You have an opportunity today to make it right. And God wants you. He wants you to receive that. He wants to give you that chance. And the second challenge... The second challenge is to, to jiggle the knob. We've been talking about this for the past couple weeks where um, we jiggle the knob. We tell our God story to somebody. We, we check to see if they'll open the door. Kind of just check to see if they'll let us in a little bit. So this week, if, if, if you're good and you, you're, you're good with God and you, you have your identity secured in him and that's great and I love that, go do something about it. Jiggle that knob. See if somebody will let you in just a little bit. And bring somebody along with you on this journey. Bring somebody along with you. Because there's too much going on out in the world right now. And and quite frankly, quite frankly, there's a lot going on in here. The enemy wanted to destroy the church from the inside out in this passage. He wanted to destroy what God was doing from the inside out. He, 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 fills, he filled Ananias and Fire's heart, uh, Satan filled Ananias Fire's heart. He wanted to destroy the church from the inside out. He wants to destroy you as a Christian. He, he doesn't care about what's going on out here in the world. He's worried about the people that are in here making a difference. He's worried about you who are trying to make a difference. So this morning, I encourage you to fight back, to fight back. Grab that second chance. If you're struggling, talk to somebody and pray. Take off the mask. Be honest. And God will meet you there. He's already running after you. So when we recognize that and we're aware of it, we can turn around and we can meet him. And we can embrace. And we can love on him. And he can love on us. He's not worried about what you've done. He just wants you to be with him. God's not worried about what you've done, the mistakes you've made. He wants you to be with him. Let's pray. God, you are so good. You, you are so good and your mercy endures forever. And, and this morning, God, I, I pray that, that we would be aware and that we would be conscious of your goodness chasing and running after us. That we'd be aware of it, that we would turn around and we'd meet you. And Father, that as we we go through this life and we we struggle with different things, Father, that we would keep taking those chances, that we keep receiving those second chances that you have to offer. And that we would recognize your grace and your mercy. Father, help us take off the mask. Help us to be all in on what you're doing. All in, full, 100% on what you are doing, God. Walk with us this week. Be with us this week, Father. Holy Spirit, give us discernment and direction and guidance. I love you. And I pray, amen.